We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We missed a few days there. I was out in Las Vegas at Summer League, but now we're back in action. Happy to be here and lots to discuss in the world of the NBA. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, I miss you. Miss doing shows with you. I missed you too, man. It's It's been a... Uh... It feels like it's been forever since we've recorded. I don't know what the last uh, actual time was, but but it, it it does feel like it's been a long time. But you know we're back at it. It's uh, you know we're ready to go. Um, we are by no means for anybody watching. This is not going to be like a three or four hour show <laughs> where um, we're going to recap every single transaction. We will get to those. We're going to be doing kind of individual team wrap-up shows coming up uh, here pretty soon where we talk about each team and their offseason because it seems like we're getting kind of towards the end of it. Um, but but today's more just about catching up on the bigger news that's out there, a little more timely stuff, and, and uh, let's dive in because I think there's a big man maybe mm-hmm. finally on the move. Yeah, DeAndre Aiden. Maybe heading to Pawnee, going to go head over to JJ's diner. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see here, but look, get some waffles. That's right. Get some, get some waffles <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe stop by, pay a little tribute to little Sebastian, but uh, yeah, Deandre Aiden sounding like he could wind up heading to the Indiana Pacers. And this makes sense. I mean, they're one of the only teams still out there with, with cap space, them and the, and the Spurs really doesn't sound like the Suns are really interested in paying Deandre Aiden a max salary. So Keith, is this, this pretty much has to be a sign and trade, right? I don't think the Pacers have the ability to just sign him outright or, or are they close enough to where maybe they can get there? Yeah, they could probably get there. They, they, I think they're like one smallish move away. Um, but I, I, I'm tending to think this may be a sign and trade where what they do is they use cap space plus an outgoing salary to match because of DeAndre Ayton's uh, restricted status and the fact that he's going to get a pretty healthy raise if he gets even approaching a max contract. He triggers base year compensation rules, which means he counts for only half his salary going out while the full salary coming in. So now the nice thing for the Pacers and maybe for the Suns if they're so interested Miles Turner kind of fits right in that sweet spot of you could do Aiton for Turner. Uh, Aiton comes in on the Pacers side at a max deal. Turner goes out. Uh, makes sense, too, because if you're the Pacers, if you're signing DeAndre Aiton, certainly don't need Miles Turner. If you're the Suns, if you don't have DeAndre Aiton, you could use the center. So why not Miles Turner? Um, and then, you know, it kind of comes together. What was interesting this morning, we're recording this on Monday, uh, Brian Windhorst said, 
on Get Up on ESPN said things are moving and it could happen as soon as today. And then he alluded to cap space or maybe a sign and trade and those kind of things. And and after his uh you know trip to the you know fantasy world with the Utah stuff, uh, you know we, we certainly want to pay attention there because I was a uh, had the internet all aflame for a few days. But I think what becomes really interesting in the DeAndre Ayton uh, stuff is. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's trade to the Boston Celtics was made official, but it's always whenever you see these things, it's official pending a physical. Mm-hmm. And Brogdon is supposedly in Boston today, again, Monday, uh, taking his physical maybe today, maybe tomorrow. So that seems to be what's maybe holding up the timing on all right, Aiton of the Pacers and all this other stuff, because they've got to get Brogdon off the books to clear out the salary room and all that other stuff that they needed to do to be able to do this. So it's all kind of chained together, but it seems like we're maybe heading towards a resolution on this one. Do you think the the Pacers are going to have to add stuff in if it's if the the basis of the deal is Turner or Aiden, and that's us guessing, right? That, that's just the salaries work and all of that. But if that is kind of the, the backbone of the deal, do the Pacers have to add stuff in or because this is a sign and trade scenario, is that going to be treated differently? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I would assume maybe not. Um, if we go back in the Pacers history, uh, Herb Simon, their owner, has been very clear. He doesn't like to do the restricted free agent process because he doesn't want to do the whole, hey, let's tie each other up and play all those games. Uh, think about when they initially acquired Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, they could have just signed him out, right? And they said to the Bucs, hey, let's just do this as a sign and trade, get this deal done and go. So that may be the direction they want to go again here. And, and now, while you want to have the cap space to be able to do it or the ability easily to get to the cap space is then you put the pressure on the Suns to negotiate from a point of like, hey, you we could just do an offer right. sheet and put you in the crappy position of losing him for nothing or matching it. And then the so from the Sun side, I don't know how much leverage they have to really say, hey, we demand you give us, you know another player or something along those lines, but there's always a chance it could expand. You know, you could have something where the Suns are like, yeah, this guy no longer really fits with us. What do you think about this deal? And then uh, you send this back to us or something like that. Um, I've seen people saying, you know, what if it was uh, buddy healed involved and uh, you know, Jay Crowder sure. and somebody were headed off to, to the other way. I think Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit were the players recommend uh, they're thrown out. there, not recommended, but thrown out there. So, so we'll see. Um, I was hoping that that ping was, was it. It's it that time of year when every time you hear something go <laughs> right? off, you, you rush and you, and you check it out, but that was not it. I was hoping, I was hoping. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not sure, you know, where this is going to go for now. I think this is, um, I, I, we'll, we'll see, you know, in the next couple of days, it wouldn't surprise me if it's made into a bigger deal where there's more pieces moving around or it could be very simple and straightforward, but I, I, I think Indiana now really makes the most sense as a landing spot for, for Aiden. Well, let's assume this goes down. Miles Turner for DeAndre Aiden. The next guy we need to talk about is Kevin Durant. What does this mean yeah. for the Suns in their pursuit of KD? I don't know that it really changes all that much, Um, to be quite honest. I think... A lot of people went initially to oh, DeAndre Ayton, but there were just a million challenges with Ayton going to Brooklyn. Uh, one is, again, there's that base year compensation stuff. Durant obviously makes way more money. Um, then there's also the hard cap issues because that would trigger the hard cap and the Nets are you know, way, they can't even see it anymore. They're so far past the hard cap line. So I think we're in a position where that one never really felt all that uh, 
realistic just from a salary cap mechanics side. And then we started getting reports that the Nets weren't really that high on bringing in Aiton, which I guess would maybe make sense. And they did just resign Nick Claxton uh, to to a nice contract, about seventeen million or so, twenty million if he hits a couple bonuses. So I, I think what we're going to see there is if that deal still gets done there are other avenues towards it um it might mean you know a three for one kind of trade or something like that um but that's you know part part of it and we're hearing you know through the reports again uh brian windhorst i believe this was on the hoop collective um but i think he did touch on on get up as well we've heard Woj mention it as in in passing too or in reporting is that it's the market is just not necessarily what the Nets thought it would be for KD. They thought it was going to be, you know, hey, we're going to get this massive return and let's go. And I think there's just a lot of complications that I just don't know that some teams are really ready to meet in a Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant trade. I, I, I'm i going to keep doing the Kevin Garnett thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I just have a mental block on that. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's It's right up there with. How many times we we were calling, and now we can do it, but we kept saying this summer when we were dealing with COVID years and it wasn't really the offseason right. in the summer and, yeah. and all of that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it was like November. Right, it, that's that's what it's going to be. Um, but when we're looking at this situation, I think, I think the problem, or one of the problems, it's the Rudy Gobert trade. And that, that, to me, is a sticking point because if you're the Nets, you're looking at that and you're saying, well, well we need more than that, clearly, Kevin Durant is better than Rudy Gobert, significantly better, I would say. So, therefore, we should get more in a trade. And he's under contract for four years, and you know we should get more than that. Other teams are looking at it and saying, Minnesota gave too much here. This is the outlier trade. This is not the baseline trade that you want to that you want to set your your price off of. We're not going to go to that level. We think Minnesota pay, paid too much here for Rudy Gobert. So then you wind up with this chasm between what teams are willing to offer and what the Nets are expecting to get, and that's going to be yep. tough to to close that gap. I think the Rudy Gobert trade really did kind of throw a wrench into this whole Kevin Durant thing. If it had happened a couple weeks before or if the Gobert trade hadn't gone down, I think we'd be looking at a much more robust trade market, let me say. Yeah, I think I think there's even a chance the deal would have been done. Yeah. Already, I think there's a chance we would have seen this trade already complete, and everybody would have moved on and and gotten off to to other things. So yeah, I, I absolutely am with you on that one. I think that threw a major monkey wrench in things of like, uh, now what do we do, right? Because I mean, I made the joke if Gobert is worth the equivalent of five first, Durant's like a ten right. package on that. And I, and I like Rudy Gobert; he's very good. You know, I think I think both you and I are higher on him than a lot of other people are. But I mean, this is Kevin Durant; he might have one MVP last year if he didn't you know end up getting hurt mid-season so yeah it's definitely going to be one worth watching and then that I think leads directly into what happens with Kyrie Irving and <laughs> we hear you know there I, I gotta believe if when Kyrie Irving is traded it's it's got to be the Lakers because we're not even hearing another team and every once in a while you get some surprise team comes out of nowhere and makes it happen but I think you've got to be very careful with Irving and Durant of you don't want to trade for no matter who you are, trade for them and just end up in a position where they're not happy because then it's just going to turn into, well, I don't want to be here any more than I wanted to be there. You know, what do we do now? So, yeah, let's see. I mean, that one just seems to be more of the Nets saying, hey, let's wait, because I think what the Nets are looking at with that trade is if we trade Kevin Durant, then are we looking at 
acquiring Russell Westbrook basketball player or Russell Westbrook giant expiring contract. Right which are two very different things, right? Because if you're basically saying, all right, well, we're, we're not going to be very good anyway. So let's, you know, we can afford to keep Russ and just play it out. Or if it's, well, we're looking to redo something, then it's, can we get a third team? Can we find yeah. another way? You know, and that, and that's where that becomes a, the challenge on the Irving thing, which is why I think that's, I don't want to go as far as saying that deal sitting there for them to do whenever they want. But I think that's one where you can get in there whatever bridges there are to cross, I think they can get there, you know, um, you know, get that negotiation done relatively simply, get it solved and off we go. But it's really dependent on where are we going for the Nets for the next year plus, if we're trying to be a super competitive team. I don't know that we really want Westbrook with Ben Simmons. It doesn't really make sense. So let's move along. So yeah, a lot still to be answered there on the Brooklyn front. Yeah, I mean, if the Kevin Durant trade doesn't, come if they just decide we're not trade then what happens with the Kyrie Irving trade from yeah. we'll, we'll have to see uh, how things go down with uh, with all of that I think that would the very least perhaps change what they would value in a trade where maybe they would need a third team and they'd want to get pieces back that they can take to Kevin Durant and say look see we can we can still win we can stay here let's go off we go yeah. four years under contract so uh, certainly something that the entire NBA is going to continue to buzz about it was a lot of the chatter in summer league was about <laughs> This situation, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, what's going on here? And everybody's just, you know, all eyes on the nets at this point. Everybody I talked to, you you lived it for a few days. Everybody I talked to said within like the first two or three topics you talked about when you first saw somebody was, what do you think is going to happen with KD and Kyrie? Right. And that's, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, we're sitting here now, middle of July. I, I thought this one would have been done Quick. before the moratorium. I thought it was going to be deal agreed to announced, you know, as the moratorium lifts and off we go. And now they're not, I mean, we're hearing, you know, the Nets are in no rush. They might take, I don't think they're going to take this to training camp. I just, that seems weird to me, but I was completely wrong on Ben Simmons. Cause I said about a million times that'll get done. They're not going to want right. to bring him in. And clearly that was a weird sideways situation, but, but yeah, I'm very, very curious to see how this all comes, comes uh, to fruition here over the next, whatever, whether it's a couple days or a couple months, we'll, we'll see. That's just it. There's no real urgency right now mm-hmm. on, on yeah. the part of anybody to get this done yep. in this moment. So We'll see what what ultimately happens here. Um, speaking of players who could potentially be on the move, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert's former teammate, uh, but the Utah Jazz so far have pushed back. There was when Rudy Gobert got traded, there was this kind of frenzy where GMs around the NBA went, <laughs> "Are they blowing it up? Yeah. Is this it? Is this it? Are they blowing it? Let's call. Let's make that call. Let's see if we can get Donovan Mitchell." And you know. Danny Ainge's phone was ringing off the hook for a little bit there, but so far all we've heard is that the Jazz have Which pushed back. Which guaranteed he loves. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. He's probably yep. he's probably <laughs> saying, "Well, send me your offers just so I can see them." Yeah, and then let, yeah. let's go from there. But uh, but so far the Jazz have pushed back. Which I mean, look, even if the Jazz said long term we plan to move on from from Donovan Mitchell, publicly saying no, we're not going to move him is what you do. It's what you do in this mm-hmm. situation, unless you've already gotten the offer that you want. In that case, you just take it. But the Jazz do seem pretty adamant that they're going to try to build around Donovan Mitchell rather than trade him away. Yeah, and I think this is the the sense I'm getting from this one is a hey, if you blow us away with an offer, we're we're willing to talk. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're not going to do that, then you know what? We'll go into next year. We're going to kind of see. We'll figure out what we are as a team and becoming as a team. Um, they, they have done um, in free agency so far outside of the, the Eagle Bear trade. They haven't done anything. Um, they, they haven't re-signed anybody. They haven't um, added anybody new. Um, that's it. That is the only transaction they made. Now, obviously, they hired uh, Will Hardy as their new head coach, too, so I don't want to overlook that. But, but very clearly to me, there, there was a... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Go bear trade done. Now let's let things settle. Let's see where it all goes from here. And then we'll figure all of it out after that. So I think now we're kind of sitting in a spot where, all right, you know, whatever comes next for them, um, you know, because their roster, it makes no sense yeah. right now. I mean, they, they've basically won center um, because uh, Yudoka Azabuki is hurt um, right now. So so it's their only center is Walker Kessler, the uh, first-round pick they got from the Wolves in the Gobert trade. Um, you know, they still have Bogdanovich. They still have Conley. Uh, they, they now have Clarkson and Malik Beasley. That's weird. That's not really you know, a great fit. You got Patrick Beverly. Does he make sense right. on Does he stay or team? do they you know, buy but, him out or trade yeah, him? Exactly. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I think there's probably more work to be done. But as to the prior topic, there's just not a lot of urgency right now because you know who are we competing against? You know what are we rushing to do? You know let's just kind of let things play out a little bit because we're now what we're seeing is teams are taking care of the last like pieces of business. Like we saw the Knicks finally complete the trade with right. the Pistons to send Burks and Noel, which finally will open up the salary cap space to go sign Jalen Brunson. But that's what we're starting to see now. And then it's Aiton. Um, Colin Sexton still sitting out there without a deal. Um, another, you know, highly, uh, you know, regarded restricted free agent and then Durant Irving. So it's all just kind of, you know, let's wait and Which see. It's funny that this stuff is getting done because like we've been acting as though this stuff is done for weeks yeah. now. Right. I mean, yeah. but technically it hadn't officially gone yep. through yeah. at this point, even though, even if teams were operating as though it has, and, and, and we were too, but in any event, we'll see what they ultimately do there. Uh, they, they don't really have a center. That was what connected them to DeAndre Eaton, but it doesn't appear that mm -hmm. that's in the cards for the Utah yeah, Jazz. Yeah, there were some reports from the Jazz beat writers that that's just not a thing. And, and, and they're pretty tied in 
with the Utah group, but it gets changed some as Danny Ainge is taken over. I feel like that's relationship has changed a little bit, but yeah, I don't think we're necessarily going to see them uh, be a player, you know, there, but it, you know, if this Aiton thing, not to go all the way back to that topic, but if this doesn't come through with the Pacers, let's say by the middle of this week, then my eyebrows are going to raise a little bit and wonder where is this going? Right. So for sure. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's going to be something to keep an eye on here. Um, it, because it felt like it was almost a week ago that we had heard that eight into the Pacers could be happening soon. I think yeah. that was John Gambadoro out of the Phoenix market mm-hmm. uh, was yeah. talking about that. And, uh, and then nothing came of it. I think that, but they've been waiting for the Brogdon situation to get all sorted out. So yeah. we'll see. Um, Zion Williamson, Need to talk about him. You've got you've got some info on his contract because we talked about protections that were going to, need to be put in in the event of injury to try to keep the Pelicans from being in a really bad situation years down the road. What does that look like? Yeah, so we we, we there's without getting super deep into the specifics on it, there are games played protections um, in years two through four of his extension. So so he's under contract for his last year of his rookie scale deal this year. Year one of his extension, fully guaranteed, um, he'll 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 get that money, the thirty plus million. Or if he comes back and makes All NBA, he jumps to the thirty percent tier of, of the of the uh, um, the the uh, cap, and then he'll move into that that grouping. But what they did was, which was interesting, David Griffin at the press conference said, or I don't know if it was the press or just a media availability, but he said no options in the deal. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Then it came no trade bonus in the deal for Williamson either. And on top of that, they do have these protections against games played in years two through four. My guess is it looks very similar to the Embiid structure. Um, we saw Michael Porter Jr. get get uh, protections on only on his last year of his extension, but a um, little bit of a different situation there. So my guess is what we're going to see in years two through four, it's probably something in the like 41-ish game, like half a season or something, um, where if he doesn't meet those, then they can get out of it and not owe him the full amount. It pro- and it's probably staggered um, salary protection in each year, or it's probably you know three quarters guaranteed or something in, in year one, and then from there. So no, not that not, not we're it, not it. I just looked. It's not it. <laughs> it. It kills me because that's one of those ones where it's Woj saying, "I already tweeted. Now here's the link to the article yep. I wrote about what I tweeted yep. about." It's like you're killing me. Come Woj. on, Woj. The, the one tweet was enough. Um, but back to Zion. So we'll see that probably stagger down um, with those games played. Here's the key, though. Much like with Joel Embiid, in order to get out of it, you have to waive him. So it's right. not like all of a sudden his salary reduces and that's all you owe him. You have to waive him to get out of it. So it's really protecting you if – Catastrophic he, injury. Yeah, exactly. He just you know can't get healthy, can't play, can't make it through more than you know, 10, 15 games, and then you can get out of it free and clear, which would be – the worst case scenario for everybody. Right. I think um, Mason Ginsburg pointed this out on Twitter. And I think it was a really kind of an astute point was this deal set up for both sides basically to say, let's just go play now. Yeah. It's all that's all in the past. Get on the court and go play. And what I added to that was they also gave him that designated player language so that he gets the 30 percent if he makes all NBA. So the Pelicans even committed to, hey, if you're if you come out and kick butt like you did a couple years ago and you're that level of guy again, then we're happy to give you even more money um, and go from there. So, you know, this is, I've been saying, um, I know I didn't say it on this show, 
bum because we haven't talked in the last little bit. This was one where I think the player needed the team and the team needed the player. And that's, you know, this was they they really took care of each other here. And now now off we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good deal. So we'll see. Um, hopefully we get a healthy Zion next season and mm-hmm. uh, and he's able to live up to that potential, which is absolutely massive. Um, speaking of potential, James Wiseman. Finally, back in back in action in summer league. I yeah. uh, looked pretty good. I'll bet I didn't get to see the full game, but just seeing some of the highlights, he looked healthy um yeah and keith i think it was you put out there on twitter that the warriors young bench unit would be like a really good starting five for a rebuilding team like you've got yeah. jordan Poole and moody and kaminga and wiseman and who am i missing there uh dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo. that's right uh that this would be like this is a true like five-man unit here that would be really good for a young rebuilding team to have and yet the Warriors, the champs, have them as their reserve unit. I mean, it, that's that's incredible. It was funny the amount of people who pushed back. Like, Wiseman's going to start. He was the number two pick. And I was like, over the guy who just won the NBA title. I and, mean, maybe eventually. And just got paid. And it, yeah, and just got paid. Didn't get paid much, though. He yeah, got less than the mid, the ta- the non-taxpayer mid-level, which is was a little interesting. I thought he was going to at least get $10, $11 million a year. Yeah. But obviously, Kavon Looney is very happy there. Um, they stuck with him, too, after he had all those hip issues uh, in the middle of his career. So, you know, good for him to stick there. But, yeah, I mean, the goal would be, right, that by midseason – Wiseman's your starter and looks great, but he they ran their very first play. They ran, I don't know if you saw, you probably saw the, the highlight, mm-hmm. um, but it was the very first play was to, to, to run an alley. The lob, for yeah. Him, uh, yeah, to get him right right to the rim. Uh, then he hit a three-pointer shortly thereafter. He had a couple really nice blocks. He was moving his feet well. His second stint and then his other stints after that weren't quite as good. He got uh, he got caught a couple times reaching and uh, looked a, a little slow. But but for his first real game action, other than those couple G League games, he looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and always nice to see a, a young player back in action that's been dealing with injuries. Uh, hopefully he's able to uh, stay healthy this season. Uh, let's go. This is, I mean, I, I complained about this probably more than anybody else over the course of the season. So I am super thrilled that the take foul is going to be banned Finally, the NBA has approved the elimination of the the take foul, be one free throw plus the ball. This needed, I mean, everybody, it's not just me. Everybody was saying this needs to go. This strategy is, is not good for the league because you're taking the most fascinating play, the most exciting play, a fast break, and you're turning it into the least exciting play, which is a, a sideline out of bounds. And so this is great. This is fantastic. The take foul hopefully will be a thing of the past because the math will no longer support it being a successful strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't have a lot to add other than let's just play, right? This is one of those things where like it's I always liken it to no one would do this on the playground. So, like, why do we do it in the mm-hmm. NBA? And I realized it's very different things, but, like, just, you know, like we want those fast breaks. You know, we want those plays. They're exciting offensive plays. And you know what? Sometimes they're really exciting defensive plays. That's how you get chased down blocks and all the other stuff that happens. So, yeah, no no more take foul. Get it out of here. Um, you know, and this is the Celtics guy saying this, and nobody loves giving take fouls more than Grant Williams. I mean, he, for a stretch there, I made a meme. 
It was the one where like the guy's holding hands with his girlfriend, but he's looking at the other girl. You know that that meme that goes around. And it was like Grant Williams getting back on defense. Grant Williams giving a take yeah. call was was the meme, and I used to post it every single time. And I used it. I, somebody actually sent me. They're like, "You use this meme seven consecutive games." This was two years ago. That's how how many take files he gave. So like, get thing? it out of here. Get it all the way. Out well, of here. Uh, yeah. I mean, and yes. surprisingly, Russell Westbrook, who I had to watch, you know, every game was also up there in giving take fouls. Uh, that was that Great. was like his thing. You would yeah. think it would be the other way, that teams, because he's so fast, that teams would be using take fouls against him. But as it turned out, yeah. teams were happy when he had the ball, so they didn't they didn't bother fouling him. <laughs> um, so that, that's what we saw happen there. Um, but uh, there was something else, though. We saw the, the Dallas Mavericks rule come down, which is yes. what I think I'm just going to call it. Um, the, sure. the down in front rule. That the the players can't be standing or getting in the way of spectators for too long. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, Chris Haynes reported on both of these for Yahoo Sports um, that their bench decorum, they're going to really tighten that up too. But it's, it's not as much about the whole Theo Pinson wearing the other team's color and passes to him and all that stuff. It was more about the NBA was inundated with complaints from fans who, quite frankly, they pay a ton of money for those seats behind the bench. And nobody complains when they get up or I don't think people really complain when they stand for the last minute or so of the half or of a close game. It's when they're doing it for the entire game. You paid a lot of money for those seats. And if you can't see, you know, what did you pay for? So that seems to be the the impetus on this. And it's, you know, I I get it. it. It went too far. Like, you know, at points where it's like, you know, and I don't like when they're on the court. Right. And like really like defending corner threes in a way there's a very um in the East Finals, Kyle Lowry made contact with a Celtic shooter when he was on the sideline. So we'll see what the actual, you know, stuff is here and how they tighten up. But it does need to tighten up for sure. And then lastly, we've got the playing tournament is sticking yeah, around. You know, this this is the thing that had it, it was very split, very divided. I was for it. Um, but I understood why a lot of people were saying, no, this isn't really something that we want. I ultimately landed on basically if you're the seven or the eight seed, you don't like it. If you're anything else, you're probably okay with it. Um, if you're the the nine or 10 seed, you certainly like it. But when I'm looking at, at this, just from an excitement standpoint, from the league perspective, I think it's been a lot of fun. I think it's been a lot of fun and, and people have kind of come to accept it because we've seen some very successful and very fun, exciting games to close out the season. And it's created more interest in kind of the bottom of the table as well. 
And I think it's mm-hmm. done its part to to some degree, not completely, but to some degree, curtail tanking. So I think this has worked, and I, I don't have a problem with this this sticking around. I think it's a welcome a welcome thing. Yeah, you generally have from the trade deadline on. We were in seasons where there were sometimes eight to ten teams that were actively not trying to lose. I think the combination of flattening the lottery odds, so you don't need to be the worst team in the league and the play in tournament has really squeezed that it made it. So more teams are in it longer, more teams are playing it out longer. And that's just better. It just makes for more exciting basketball at the end of the year. Um, and those kind of things. And I, and I, I get it, you know, if you're seven or eight, but it's just like when right for years, it was the, the ninth team in the West was like, we would have been in the East playoffs. Yes, you're correct, but you're not in the East. And the answer to that is win more games. If you, if you don't want to be seven and eight and in the playing tournament, win more games, right? That's that's always the answer. That's the answer to all your problems in the NBA is win a few more games and you won't be in that situation. So, you know, it. but yeah, I, I, w- I was unsure. I would like to see them bring back the games back qualifier because I don't right. want to see a team that's the 10th seed and that is 15 games out, sure. like having a shot. And it is going to happen at some point. Like, I think that's silly. I also think like Minnesota had, what did they have like a six or seven game lead or whatever it was? Yeah. Like you already did your work. So I'd like rather see that, but I get that messes with the TV components and the scheduling and all that. So, you know, if it, this is what it is, you know, great. We'll, we'll see where it goes, but yeah, uh, you know, thumbs up for me and, and why this is news is, it had been being approved on a year by year basis. Now it's just being locked in as being a part of things. Right. So now it's it's here to stay. And who knows? Maybe 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 we'll do a play in tournament ring now, Keith. Maybe that's something that that needs to happen. Is <laughs> since we're doing summer league rings anyway, right? People get so mad, like like they're charging us for that. <laughs> like, like we all had to you know send five dollars to you know give us like who cares? Let them have fun. It's you know this I, is I just be like who's know. who's wearing their summer league yeah, ring around you know. Did you see the the memes of uh, the Pawn Stars where they're like, it was the first year they gave one out, so it must be worth something, you know? So I thought that I was like pretty that. funny. Too. I like that. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, let, well yep. let me, you know, I don't even know anything about these. Let me call a buddy, a buddy of mine who knows a lot about <laughs> this, yeah. and he's going to yeah. he's gonna tell you it's worth about 70% less than it actually is, so I can get <laughs> yeah. the best deal. Yeah. But <laughs> those are cubic zirconias, not diamonds. So let's go from there. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Yeah, this league. This league. So silly. And yes, great. it is. Yes, it is. All right. Well, we've got more summer league action coming up. Tons of stuff going on. We've got tons of interesting matchups. And of course, we're going to be keeping an eye on a lot of stuff from the Kevin Durant situation, Kyrie Irving, Aiton, all kinds of things. So make sure you are subscribing to the NBA front office YouTube channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell as well. And follow us over on Apple Podcasts. We love that five-star review. If you guys wouldn't mind taking 20 seconds, give us that five-star rating and then toss something in in the review as well. We'd certainly appreciate that. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.